0: what to preach this week or share this week. And, and I remembered these and, and went back to uh, just, some, just some great notes that I believe God gave me because one of the things that I've learned is in, in my life, and I think you probably, you who are here would, would say you walk this way too, but maybe, maybe not, uh, that, that if I'm in the place where God wants me to be, if he's ordering my steps and I'm in the place where he wants me to be, it's the best place I could ever ask for. It's a good place. And so I try to stay in step with God. I want him to lead me, guide me, direct me in, in all the direction of my life. And so, um, you know, when, when God's with us and, and for us and working for us, uh, he is with us and he is for us. But when we're in agreement with Him, then we begin to be in the right place. We begin to recognize opportunities. Uh, when, and, and we also recognize things that are not opportunities that could be a trap. You know, the Bible's very clear that, that here in this Psalms 37 verse, uh, or yeah, Psalms 37 verse 23, he says, "...the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way." And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, he doesn't promise that we'll never stumble, but he promises that he'll never let us fall or he'll always be there with us to lift us back from that place where where we've made mistakes. I, I don't know about you, but I've made a mistake or two. I, I've, I've had... Uh, I've had times where I've had to pay a price for that or or, or, or dig myself out of a hole that I, I put us in, you know, plenty of times doing, making decisions financially or sometimes things that were outside of my control. But no matter where we were at in that place, because we we chose to trust God with our life and everything about that life from a very young age, uh, God has blessed Sue and I to, to walk through that and so, or through those things and, and come out on the other side side uh, with with blessing. That's the amazing thing about God, whether it's my mistake or the enemy coming against us or maybe something that somebody else does to us. God being with us changes the the whole course of it all, and it gives us an advantage that the world doesn't have. See, God's never surprised. He's never in a hurry. He's never overwhelmed. He's always in perfect command of every situation. Our pursuit should be to be in sync with Him. We need to be in that sync, in time with him. It's amazing these guys could uh, play together, even though they didn't practice really. And, and some of the songs Rick didn't even know, he just jumped in there and could just fill in. But you know, there was something that kept them all together. And it really wasn't even Jim, it was this guy right here. It was Richard in that big old bass. You could hear that thump, 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 thump. It didn't matter if you wanted to go fast. You couldn't go fast. It didn't matter if you wanted to slow down. You were going to go the pace that Richard set. Now, if he messes it up, he doesn't. Well, yes, he doesn't. But if he did, it's bad. You know, there's, there's times when, when you play with other people that, 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 and, and there's not that bass, that consistent thump, thump, thump to keep you in time, you get out of sync. And, you know, sometimes it, what's, what's nice in that is that even if somebody sings, a, 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 you know, jumps in early in a, in a, in a, with words, it doesn't change the song because that bass is keeping that, that in sync. It stays right there. Now, if he ever messes up, boy, everybody f- f- everybody kind of fumbles around for a little bit. And, of course, these guys didn't. It's amazing. But, you know, that's the way our life is with God, and God would be— Richard would represent God in this instance. He's keeping us in sync, or he's keeping us the rhythm, all right? Now, he doesn't like that. Father, thank you, thank you. I love it, when it's my turn. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, uh, but he says, he says here again in this verse, and this, is, this has been one of the prayers in my life for, for since I, I was very young. I said, Lord, give me, order my steps. Now, here's the way I see that is I see that as God lays that out for me, and I have to make a choice to put my foot where he says go. You know, here's the thing, we train ourselves, when we train ourselves, precondition your responses to be according to God's Word so that you respond in the right way. When you get surprised by a situation, maybe a bill comes in or maybe a doctor's report or maybe there's there's somebody that, that's all of a sudden something in your family so you're surprised with, when those things come, how do you respond? You see, we should respond with the Word of God. We should respond from something that, that comes from a foundation that knows that God is not going to let us go beyond His reach. He's there with us always. He's holding holding us up, like he said. Though he stumbles, though though there's going to be times. He said, you know, you're not you're not perfect, but when you when you stay with God, uh, he he'll bring you through. I always tell people, you know, don't run from God when you fail, sin, fall, do anything like that. Run to God, because He's always there, ready to ready to take us take care of us. Now, last week, and I, I'm not going to turn there, but last week I used the illustration of First Samuel chapter. F- 15, where Saul chose to do his own thing. And he, in fact, had a spirit of rebellion that he was operating under. He rejected God. He knew he was not to offer sacrifices, and he knew that he didn't fulfill God's word and command, but yet he acted as if he did. And you know what? God rejected his repentance because his repentance was not true. He never never settled it in his heart. He always tried to, to blame somebody else. But I want us to look instead uh, back to Ephesians chapter 5, and and I want us to to, uh, look at these verses that I was going into last week that I never—some of them I never really got to. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, I I love this, uh, this scripture. And it was one that resonated with me as a, as a kid who, I, uh, who my dad was my, my hero and I wanted to be just like him. It's real easy for me to listen to this verse. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. You know, that's the, the first thing of how we let God lead is we begin to act like him. You say, well, wait a minute, I, I thought we, I thought he's leading, but, but we begin to act like him. So the way he responds to things, to people, the way he thinks, his approach to life, you begin to think like God. Now, we're always going to fall short. I'm not saying that we're God's, all right, but we're God's children. Don't, don't most children, a lot of children, they act like their parents? That's why some of your kids were so ornery just thought i'd throw that out there but no you know there's there's a lot of times that the the kids will act or imitate just like them well think about another way that we imitate things if you're in music you're trying to imitate somebody that you see that you really like if you're if you're playing golf if you're playing basketball every little kid has a hero somebody they're watching if they're sports baseball, if they're sports whatever they're doing, they're trying to find those guys that they want to be like. I remember uh, being a team roper in high school, man, and, and Jake, Jake Barnes was my hero. He was the guy that I wanted to rope like. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to be like Jake Barnes. I wanted to be able to rope like him. They won seven uh, world championships, and, and uh, they were just in the 80s. Uh, they, were, they were dominant. And boy, I tell you what, I wanted to be, I got to meet him later on, him and Clay O'Brien Cooper, his, his healing partner, and both fantastic men. And by the time I met them, they were really strong Christians and, and uh, really uh, m- helped to mentor a lot of younger ropers along the, along the rodeo road to a good direction in their life. But very, very good men. It was really cool to meet them. But I remember, you know, I always tried, would want to be like, like Jake, but Jake was like six foot three. Now, I'm not quite that tall, if you hadn't noticed, and and I remember when he was doing a clinic, and and we were we were roping the dummy, and he said, you know, you need to get right down here and point that tip right, and 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 my tip wasn't pointed down as much as his, but my hand wasn't as high as his. And, and so I had to imitate him, but I had to kind of adjust to my weaknesses or my limitations and who I was. You know, when we imitate God, we're going we're to we're gonna fall short sometimes in our natural limitations, but don't let those stop you from being all you can be pursued to, to, to be like him and to follow him and imitate him as best you can. And you know, one of the, the ways that we imitate Jesus or, or God is through Jesus. We look at Jesus as our example. Because he became man, a man, and walked this earth. And what did he do? Submitted to God. He yielded to God all throughout his walk in this earth he's hearing what the father says and he's doing what the father says do everything was yielded to god and i think that's one way that we can definitely be like like uh, imitating god walking like jesus walked. but you know one of the other things that goes on in this verse two right here in ephesians chapter five verse two he says and walk in love as christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for our sweet-smelling aroma. You know, uh, we ought to, to walk in, in love towards people, but also walk in love towards God. You know, just choosing to not let anything get in the way of that. Uh, man, just developing that, that heart and that love for God. You know, there's something about that that frees us to, to not get so uptight. i don't i'm not thinking about anybody in particular i think i'm thinking about all you well most of you uh most of you are just real easygoing people most of you don't get too wound up but let me ask you a question did did you get more wound up when you were younger oh yeah Uh uh-huh see something about being a little more seasoned you know, being a little, little more seasoned, you just learn to let a few things go. You learn to, to relax a little bit. But I, I tell you what, I don't think that comes necessarily just with age. I think it comes with maturing in the Lord because we become more like God and we quit getting uptight about things that we know God's going to handle and it's going to work out. There's just a whole lot of stuff we, we worry about that, that's just going to work out. So you just trust it and trust it to God. Jesus knew of the things that were coming. And sometimes, you know, I, I, the, you, you read through the Gospels and the disciples are all up in arms. They're all, they're all stirred up and they're all worried about stuff. And Jesus just stays calm, just keeps it going. He says, you know what? You boys worry about this. I'm going to go pray i'm gonna go spend time with god yeah yeah the crowds are coming yeah the demoniacs coming out of the tombs yeah whatever the situation was somebody died he was there ready to respond with every bit of uh confidence that he had and obviously he's the son of god but he had chose to come as a man so he's facing these things with the opportunity to fall or fail because it says that he set aside that deity power came into the earth as a man over in philippians but it also says that he's a high priest who can understand all of our challenges, weaknesses, everything that we experience. So he had opportunity. He faced those. He just handled them perfectly. We don't always handle them perfectly. We still get, get got work to do, but, but know that we can do that. Listen, uh, I, want you to, I want you to take a pause from Ephesians. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. And if we want to learn to really let God direct our steps... One of the things we got to develop is a desire. This imitating God could kind of be seen as the fear of the Lord. But verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The, the, that's where we gain a wisdom and an understanding for, uh, and, and knowledge of, of whatever circumstance or situation and how to handle it. And it comes through the fear of the Lord. You know, that imitating God, is some of that is, is just learning to, to, to walk in that fear of Him. The awe of God, not fear as in, you know, I'm afraid of Him, but an awe of Him. That he has the ability to crush us, but he has the compassion, the mercy, and the love to lift us up instead and restore us. You know, there's so much the, that Proverbs talks about uh, in, these, in these first three or four chapters, really about four chapters, talks a lot about wisdom. And he talks about how if we'll, if we'll begin to or continue, begin to and continue to walk in that wisdom, how blessed we can be. You know, I want us to go back over to Ephesians chapter five, and, and I want to I want to look at uh, an example here of, of how to walk because the first thing if we're going to let God lead, we need to we need to be willing to yield to Him. That's really what is talking about. But verse verse uh, Ephesians chapter five verse fifteen, he says, "See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise." Now that word, circumspectly, it's not something you use in everyday language. I wasn't out there, you know, checking cattle today and talking about a uh, now, now, now beast. We we'll walk circumspectly now. Don't, don't step in that cow pie. You know, I, I, I don't use that word. You know, but it just means to be careful. You know, you, 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 you he says walk circumspectly or carefully you know the the definition or the understanding of it is like careful as if going through thorny terrain you know if you know something any step you take would hurt you if you are walking through a bunch of thorns you know we got those locust trees out there and one of my one of my pastures is is ate up with those things i'm 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 working on getting rid of those dumb things they got the big thorns on them you know and 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 boy they can ruin all my, my, my ATV and my, my, my th- four-wheeler and my gator and all, all that stuff has that goop in the tires. And, and if you take one of the, one of the tires off, you ever to work on it, the tire people really don't like that. But you can look at the inside of that tire and it'll have, it'll look like a porcupine on the inside. Because that goop will sit back off. But if you don't have that, you got flats all the time. But think about if that was going through the the sole of your shoe. You don't be running around out there in flip flops. It'd go right through, right? But you're being careful everywhere you go. Careful watching as you go. But see, he says, he goes on, he says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So redeeming the time or recognizing the time you're in is so important. If we walk following God, desiring to follow, letting him order our steps, we're also asking for wisdom and we're following the wisdom of God for each step to take. You know, God's aware of things. I said that in that opening statement. You know, he's never surprised. Why? Because he, he knows he's, he's omnipresent and he's omniscient. He knows the future. He knows what's coming. He's also never in a hurry. Why? Because he's anticipating things. You know, the the more you uh, learn to prepare and recognize things ahead of time, it's it's pretty easy to go through them. If you're ready for something, you, you know what you need to have. You know how to handle it. God can give us that help. He goes on, he says, verse 17 says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, that verse is is so powerful because he says, walk wise, not unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. That's where we go over there into Proverbs and we start pursuing the wisdom of God. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. You say, man, I want to know what the will of the Lord is. Well, you know... I, it becomes easy to find God's will in individual specific things when we've trained ourselves to yield to God's will in the obvious things. When we can read it and and see it, and we can say, "Yes, Lord, I'll begin to do that." Yes, Lord, I'll yield to that. Yes, Lord, I'll, I'll say that. You know, is there, is there ever anything you read through the Scripture and you go, oh, "I think I'll just keep reading, like, hurry, hurrying along, nothing to see here, just keep moving." Well, we might have just missed something that was wisdom from God, something that we could know was the will of God, and, and we've we've missed an opportunity to train ourselves to yield to that will. And, and therefore, when God's speaking his will or direction in a specific thing, we're not in tune. We're not in sync. He's he's saying, Go that way, do this, prepare ahead of time, be ready. Set that little bit of money back. You ever you ever have something just break, like break down, like like just messed up, and you, but you had the money ready to pay for it. See, that's a good place to be. Now here here's here's what you have need to train yourself to do is to not go well. Doggone it! I finally had some money, and then the thing breaks. Now, every time I get some money, something breaks. You ever say that? Oh, don't admit it. Every time something, every time I get some extra money, something breaks. You know how I see that? God provided the money. He knew it. He's ordering my steps. But if I'm not, if I'm not willing to first of all give and sow and tithe when he says to tithe, and also then to save and hold that money back, or maybe here's something that I've seen happen a lot of times, is I got that extra money. I'm saving it for something, maybe. You know, I like to save for an extra something that I I want to, not just write out of our normal, you know, paycheck. I save up money for for something. You know, before I get to buy that, sometimes God will say, why don't you give that? So-and-so needs that, or such-and-such, or do this for that person. You know, I've just learned that I'm never at lo- a loss or losing when I'm doing something like that for God and for people. When, when I'm willing to do that, when I'm willing to say, okay, God, I trust you enough that even though I've saved this for me, I see it as seed going into the hands of somebody else or or the ministry, whatever. God, I'm going to trust you with it now, and, and I know you're going to provide. See, here's the thing. When we begin to say, thank you, Lord, when something breaks and we got the money to fix it, Then then we begin to, and you begin to see it that way, I'm acting more like God. I'm I'm following the wisdom of God. He's preparing you, and you're griping about it. So instead, we change those things, right? We just got to see it right. So we begin to walk with the wisdom of God circumspectly, carefully, as if on thorny terrain. In other words, I ought to consider every step... And God, I want your wisdom because you know where those thorns are, even if I don't. You know those things that are going to cause me harm, and I want to walk wise in, in, in with you. Now, I want us to go. Uh, I want us to go on to look at. Uh, Luke chapter. Luke chapter eight. And I want you to understand that God's will and direction for our life is a is a will develop into a flow and a habit. So then you begin to rejoice every time something uh, God has an opportunity to provide, that God has an opportunity to supply. Luke chapter eight. Did I tell you that? Because I can't remember what I told you, so I'm trying to find, make sure we're in, going to the same place. Luke chapter eight. You know, there's something about this teaching, and uh, in uh, we we want to recognize God's direction and, and the flow of His life. God's timing is always the best. Don't let a situation or anyone else or any any or anyone else rush you. Stay in step with God. You, you ever you ever have people just really really hurrying you really pushing you i've made very few mistakes that when i wasn't in a hurry now my wife is usually the one going slow down wait a minute hold up because i'm usually want to just get her done you know it's just like i decide especially if you know, not just go just go get it done we'll figure it out away but god god uses her a lot of times to slow, slow me down but but i want i want to make sure that i don't let any situation or anyone else rush me But on the flip side of that, here's something else I want to make sure and do is I don't ever want to let doubt or fear cause me to lag behind God. You see, when I've developed a faith and a confidence in who God is, because I've endeavored to to uh, imitate him or pursue to know who he is whenever I've d- chose and desired to, to uh, begin to walk with him and, and yield to him, when I've sought out his wisdom and I'm cons- allowing him to consider all my steps and I'm walking wisely, then, then, I can be, then I can have a faith and a confidence to know that he's going to provide. Regardless of the situation, no matter how big it looks, what if it fails? God's still with me. What, what, if, what if I lag behind and I miss the opportunity? You know, there's two schools of thought there. I want to be right where I need to be at the time and the place. I always say, God, give us everything we have need of and then some. Everything we have need of comes into our hands. You know, there's a divine grace. I heard this statement. I wrote it down. There is a divine grace and a divine pace when you're on the road that God has for you. That's pretty cool. I always thought the pace was just always hammer down. I had a theme song in high school. Sammy Hagar sang it. Any of you know what I'm talking about? I can't drive 55. Okay, it's it an old '80s rock song. That's when the speed limit was 55 some of you remember that now sammy hagar that was that was a that was a great i can't drive 55 i didn't think i could drive anywhere the speed limit i still don't do real good on that i was headed to fairview today and go get some parts for baylor and uh you know we we got there just right time it was good it was good but, but I can tell you this, that, that we want to be at the right pace. I also have learned that, that, you know what, if things don't happen as fast as I feel like they need to, I don't get amped up. I don't get antsy about it as much. I let, I let God's grace and His pace be on my life. Shortcuts, this is another statement that I thought was good, shortcuts often lead to dead ends funny story my when when we left when sue and i got married uh the night we got married we we uh, had a whole string of, of course we were just out of high school so we had a lot of a lot of ornery high school boys still uh, and kids still uh you know around our age and so they they couldn't wait to chase us out of town we was leaving uh we were gonna leave and 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 i had a whole plan for um you know hiding my truck and over over in cherokee with uh, we got married in jet and we were, we had this whole plan of getting over there, and so we were taking her car. Well, they got her car and they jacked it up and put it on watermelon rinds. And I mean, they, they did the whole smear. They had the inside filled with filled with cereal. They got the keys somehow from my brother. He wasn't didn't realize what they were doing, and they got it unlocked and they had it full of cereal. They had it covered and painted. It was it was it was a lot of it was kind of fun. Kind of, they had a ball with it, and they greased the handles, and I mean they did the whole smear with that with that car, and so we just decided that we did we would just jump in Sue's mom and dad's car. Well, it was an old uh, about a I don't know a, probably an '80 model uh, or '78 or '79 model, uh, like a big old big old four door sedan, but it was a diesel. Remember when they took a Chevy, took a 50, I mean a 350 and made it a diesel. That was a dog. That that car had no. So I just decided I wasn't going to get in a hurry. And so we just took out a jet and we headed to Cherokee and we were driving about 35. I thought they'll get bored. They'll they'll get I can't outrun them. And and I thought, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just get get bored. Well, then I decided we have some fun. We'd take off through the country. We took off through the country, and lo and behold, we end up in a dead end. <laughs> we got over there by the lake, and they, the guys from Jet, of course, I was more from Nash and, and Watonga area, and so I didn't know they were up there around the lake is good. And I don't remember what, what uh, road I was on, but, but I got to this dead end, and they were just laughing, and they circled, and they wouldn't let us out for a little while, and finally they were, they were good enough to let us out. And uh, we went on down, and I think only one person st- uh, made it, uh, stayed with us all the way to Cherokee and wrote, just married, on the back of my new pickup that I'd, I'd traded for right before. And uh, anyway, so that dead end didn't turn out too bad, but that shortcut cost me. So that was a, I hadn't thought about that story in a long time. Uh, that's a good one. But anyway, it's a lot of fun. But you know what? Here's the thing. In, the, in Luke chapter 8, and I don't want to close with this. Just, I'm not going to go through all these. But this is a, a parable of four different soils. It's a parable of the sower, the person who's sowing, but it's the four different types of soils. And, and I want to I wanna read through just verse 22 uh, where he... No, 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 that's not right. Um, where... Uh, well, let's just read verse 11, all right? And, and he, he begins, he says, The parable of the sower is explained. He's explaining this he says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And those by the wayside are the ones who hear, but the devil comes immediately and takes away the word out of their hearts. That's where the soil is. Lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who they hear and they receive the word with joy. These, but these have no root and who believe for a while, but in time of temptation, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns, those, uh, when they had heard, go out and, and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. But verse 15, he says, But the ones that fell on good ground are the ones who hear, heard the word with a noble and good heart. They keep it and they bear fruit with patience and some translations say endurance i love that you know one of the things that if we want to if we want to have god order our steps and we want to be in that place where god wants us to be we got to got to be careful that we're not one of those those three bad soils we don't want to make sure that that we're not uh, allowing the devil to steal the word See, because faith comes by the Word of God. When we hear that God can provide, that God will provide, that we can, He can order our steps, that He can give us wisdom, when we hear all these different types of things, we, we, we have to be willing to hear that Word. And then we have to be willing to uh, also not, uh, we've got to work the soil of our hearts so that when it, so that when it begins to put down roots, it, it takes root. Why is that so important? Because in the temptation time or in the trials time, we're going to hold our ground. We're not going to be moved. And he says that, that, that the one that gets, gets caught up in the cares of this world, the riches, the pleasures of life, and brings no fruit to maturity. You know, there's a lot of things that can distract us. There's a lot of things that can keep us from producing the, the fruit from the Word of God and, 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 and walking out the path and plan that He has for us. We want to be that, that verse 15. We want to have good, good soil in our heart. We want, want the Word of God to, uh, to be planted, and then it says, keep it. I like that. It means to tend to it. It means to take care of it. If you've if you got a garden that's full of weeds, what does it do? It doesn't produce. But you guard it. You keep it. And then he says that with, they'll bear fruit with patience. Or that, that word, remember, I, I translated that word a few weeks ago. It's patient endurance. That, that kind of fits together. It, it takes both English words to really get the meaning. Because it's patience, but it's also the endurance, the ability to hold fast and to stand. Well, listen, as we close up tonight, I just want to challenge you to, to walk this walk that God has for you. Let him order your steps decide and determine that you're gonna you're gonna look at life like god would look at it that you're gonna you're gonna choose to uh, allow wisdom to guide your steps and you're gonna be cautious and careful not cautious and in afraid but careful meaning i want god's wisdom in this matter and and the third thing is to recognize god's direction and his flow in our life when god's directing you somewhere god's asking you to do something if we can train ourselves to yield to that He'll have us ready for whatever's coming. He'll have us prepared and strong. So as we, get, as we close this up tonight, I just challenge you to, to consider those things and, and, and ask the Lord, God, give me your best. Guide and direct me. Whether you know you need anything or not, I want God directing me whether I know something's up or not. I want him having that direction. So let's pray together. Father, we just come before you tonight and Lord, we just thank and praise you that you're good to us, that you love us. We thank you, Lord God, that you provide us everything we have need of. Your word promises that. And Lord God, in any area of our life where, where maybe we, we aren't willing to yield or we don't recognize your, your steps, or maybe we do complain when, when we ought to be rejoicing. God, I praise you that your grace and your mercy and your love for us gives us the ability to, to turn and to change, that whatever it is that, that we need corrected, that Lord, you're ready to, to bring that correction so that we can be our best and father god i thank you and i praise you that it all begins with that relationship with jesus christ and that father god if there's anybody who does not know jesus as lord then father they can they can make a decision tonight The bible's very clear just repent of your sin just say lord i need you as, a, as my savior forgive me for my life and i give my life to you and ask you to come into my heart you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved. And I just thank you, Lord God, for those that that call on you, that you hear their heart tonight. And Lord God, for any that, that desire help along that way, we're ready to help you. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.